Welcome to the Blaze and Bush Podcast. I'm Jeff Bush, and along with my co-host Jim Blaze, we are here to share with you authentic stories of God's extraordinary revelation in ordinary lives. Our hope is that like Moses in the burning bush in Exodus 3, you may encounter the Lord through these humble experiences. Welcome to the podcast. Today, Jim and I are going to discuss how God reveals himself throughout the Easter season. We're going to discuss everything from Christ's resurrection to chocolate bunnies and how both may have a revealing purpose in awakening of faith. So, Jim, this should be uh, quite an interesting conversation today. There's certainly a wide range of topics, so yes. Yeah. Yeah, so everything from Christ's resurrection to chocolate bunnies, it seems like it would make sense for uh, us to start out by giving an actual definition of what Easter is. Right, so at Easter we obviously celebrate uh, the resurrection of our Lord, Um, and in fact, this is the holiest time of the year. We uh, It takes eight days, so we celebrate as an octave uh, the actual feast of Easter. So we have eight consecutive days from um, Sunday, the Easter Sunday, all the way through to uh, the, the following Sunday are all considered the Easter feast itself. So not just the season. The season goes until Pentecost, which is 50 days later. But the feast itself is eight days, so uh, it's clearly the holiest feast of the year. Yeah, and and, and speaking of holy, we are recording today on Holy Thursday. Yeah. And we will be distributing this podcast on Easter Thursday. Right, exactly. And, and, And sandwiched in between is actual Easter Sunday. So fitting for us to reflect on uh, the very feast that if people listen the day that it is released, you know, they'll be in the midst of that celebration. I think it's a worthwhile reminder that it's not just one day. I think, I know sometimes we, in our own family, we will leave up our Easter decorations for months and uh, well past the Easter season, but that's that, that could actually just be laziness. Is that, well... And I want to take a step back. So before you put up the Easter decorations, are you just then taking down your Christmas decorations? Well, I did just take down some snowflakes today. So possibly, yes. That seems (laughs) fitting since yesterday it was 81 degrees outside. Right. We decided that it was time. (laughs) (laughs) Well, let's start, Jim. You know, since we are a show about reflections and reflecting back on stories, you know, as, as a kid... Growing up, I mean, Easter is, you know, Easter is the oldest and greatest holiday in celebration of Christians, right? What 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 was Easter like inside of the Blaze household as a child for you? Well, we had um, really your description kind of hit it. We went to the celebration of Holy Thursday, the Mass of uh, the Lord's Supper, and Good Friday. Uh, We would come together for the Good Friday uh, service. And we would have, and then Holy Thursday, or excuse me, Holy Saturday, we would go to the Easter Vigil. And then on Sunday, uh, we would do just your typical, uh, you know, look for eggs. We looked for baskets. 
Earlier in the week, we would dye eggs. Now, um, as you know, as I've mentioned, I'm the youngest of eight kids. Yeah, I, I, I'm already curious about the math around the number of eggs in your household. So we, yeah, we used to decorate. We would uh, dye somewhere close to five thousand eggs. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's, I think it just seemed like that. We, my mom would actually put out like two or three large pots of boiling water full of eggs. Uh, and it was, it was quite a sight. And, um, and so really you decorated probably if we each decorated like four or five eggs, uh, that could be, uh, three dozen eggs if it was just the kids. Now, admittedly, by the time I was of egg dying age, my older siblings had, uh, moved past, in fact, moved out of the house. And so, um, I don't think all 10 of us sat around the house. Um, dying eggs, but you know, my great aunt would come over to our house. It was just a great celebration, and she always brought us chocolate bunnies. And uh, in addition to the baskets and all the, uh, you know, the, yeah. the typical all stuff. of the goodies. Yes, yes, yeah. Well, the Easter bunny was definitely busy. I would imagine hopping around the Blaze house, Blaze household on there on were Easter morning for sure. There were a lot of eggs, Jim. Yeah. I, I I've got some surprises for you. So I've I've gathered a few fun facts nice you know because as i as i really thought about the math around the eggs being purchased you know in your household as youth do you know how many eggs are typically sold annually around the easter holiday wow eggs sold so is this worldwide or is this in the u.s or sure (laughs) (laughs) okay um Oh man, let's see. Uh, pl- I, I got to get a guess. I got to get right, a guess. All okay, right, all yeah. Right. I'm gonna say, uh, I don't know how many citizens are in the U.S., but let's let's say three. Yeah, two, three hundred million. Three hundred million. Okay, it, well, you you almost doubled. So 180 million. eggs. 180 million. That's still yeah. quite a few. Yeah, it's quite a f- it's quite a few eggs. So I can't break down the market share that your household was contributing to, but you definitely had a sliver in there. We were close. We could yeah. have affected the market. I think you, you could have. Yeah, you could have. Which brings me to my next question: Did you know that Easter is an 18 billion dollar market on an annual basis? That's an incredible figure. That that is unbelievable. If we had just uh, you know put a what trademark on the word Easter? Well, yeah. Oh, I think that might have been uh, the church would have been rolling. It would. Have. <laughs> it would have. It would have. Speaking of rolling, our household as a youth was rolling quite a bit as well. Oh yeah. Which actually reminds me of another tradition. There's an egg rolling tradition at the White House. I've heard of that, but I've never yeah. watched any, or I don't know much about it. I, I don't really either. Apparently, it's a big deal though. Okay. They so, just roll eggs. They just roll eggs. Well, whatever floats your boat. We like to eat them. That was our thing. We would actually break open the hard-boiled eggs and eat them. But if you want to roll eggs, that's up to you. Yeah, yeah. Well, for us, I mean, it was, you know, we dyed eggs as well. Sure. I was really more into, you know, the chocolate yes. associated with Easter. You know, whether it's, you know, t- Cadbury eggs. I mean, they were always fantastic. You know, the other thing that really has my attention is these... These Reese's eggs. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Those are good. Yeah, I can't say now. Are you talking about the shelled Cadbury? Not to get into the details too much, but I'm not as fond of those. I have to be honest. Yeah, and I think that's, I think that's not uncommon. I think they have a love hate relationship, like so many other Easter candies. Right. Yes. Okay. So let's let's just cover a couple 
you know, here right off the bat. Okay. Okay. Everybody's favorite. I'm just kidding. How do we feel about peeps? Are you a peep guy? I I do like peeps. I'm pretty excited because they've come out with new flavors of peeps. But I do like the original, just plain old marshmallow covered in yellow. Yeah. So apparently there's 24 colors now of peeps. Oh, is that right? That's quite a few. And 1.5 billion peeps. Sold. <laughs> that's that's an absurd number. It is an absurd peeps. number of peeps. It's also keeping the dentistry industry yeah. alive single handedly. Now I, I've got one more. I've got one more Easter candy question, and this is kind of around an iconic Easter candy, which is the jelly bean. Okay. Yeah. So, any guesses? Well, and I'm just going to tell you because you're going right. to guess this. So, 16 billion jelly beans. Wow. 16 billion jelly beans is what's consumed around the Easter holiday. That's crazy, isn't it? Yes. Three, it could circle, that amount of jelly beans could circle the globe three times. Wow. Yeah. How, yeah. What's amazing, I wonder how many, like, how does the jelly bean industry sustain itself outside of Easter? It must not. It must just make jelly beans for Easter all year. Well, yeah, they must. I mean, they're they're crushing it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, they really seasonal are. business. But one, one more, one more fun fact question, and and this is a, a curiosity I have. How do you feel about the black jelly bean? I am not a fan. Yeah, I'm not a licorice guy. We always got the starburst. Well, not as a kid, but as a parent, uh, if we were buying jelly beans, we would like because we get stuff for our nieces and nephews. We always get the starburst. Yeah, they don't have a black. They don't have a black, but they're also not a traditional jelly bean. That's true. So that's true. My you... dad, my dad used to love the black jelly beans. I remember as a kid watching him eat black jelly beans. So are you and a it, fan, or you know, I'm, I, I will consume a few of them just as tradition and just sort of in in memory, it, you know, of my dad. If we're not together on on Easter Sunday, black black jelly beans seems to me more of a Good Friday treat. That... Well, that. <laughs> There's a penitential side to it for me. <laughs> <laughs> that makes that seems to make perfect sense. Well, I you know, I think Easter is Easter is a time of wonderful reflection and, and wonderful memories. Certainly. You know, and certainly you know, at at the forefront and at the center of the Easter holiday, you know, is Christ's resurrection. You know, but we've also talked about, you know, the commercialization of Easter here a little bit too. And, you know, as you and I were talking in preparation for our podcast, you know, we talked about and we really pondered, you know, what is God's hand in the commercialization of Easter? You know, and and does walking down the hall of or excuse me, the aisle of any particular grocery store and looking on both sides of the shelves and just seeing it covered in, you know, candies and and gifts and cards and so forth. You know, whether you're a Christian celebrating Easter or not, it feels like God is using the commercialization of this event to even touch the hearts of non-Christians or of those Christians that, you know, maybe aren't celebrating Easter for its true purpose. Right. I think that's a that's a really valid point, is that um, there is something of having the culture. I know, and I've had conversations with a number of people who actually lament 
that it's become more secular. And certainly, we would love for the celebration of Easter to be a, a popular event and also a religiously significant event because that gives God the greatest glory. However, recognizing that for much of the year, there are people who um, don't spend time reflecting on the presence of God or spend time certainly in communication with God, that at least during this time, they do something that uh, is related to the Lord, and and it's still part of their lives. It still kind of has roots. I feel like there's a positive way to look at this uh, this large secular machine, Easter machine, if you will, this 16 billion peep machine. Yeah, that, 1.5 billion. Oh, years. sorry. My, I'm, I'm mixing up the jelly beans. $16 billion. Dollars. I'm, oh, I was mixing <laughs> up the jelly beans and the peeps. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I think that there is something that God is at work in it. And he is still tugging on the hearts of those who have wandered from him. And really, much very similar. Um, I don't know how many people are just coming into our podcast this episode, but similar to really your experience that we spoke about um, uh, in episode. If, if people want to go back to our archives, they can look at episode number three. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Which may have been just last week. Anyway, um, but your experience of, hey, watching the Olympics, looking up online, and then that leads you down this uh, quote-unquote rabbit hole to God, you know? And I think in a similar way, someone could be out there buying their, you know, uh, their 1.5 million peeps or buying their bag of jelly beans, whether traditional or Starburst, and that could lead them in a mysterious way, perhaps back to saying, you know what, I think I'm going to go to church this year. Or I think I'm yeah. going to do something to celebrate. There's just a tug at the heart because it evokes memories, these uh, moments that they've had with God in the past. Yeah, you mentioned the word recognize in your comments there, and I, I, I find that word uh, to really get my attention because I think about recognizing Easter for for Christ or for the bunny. Right. You know, regardless, everybody that walks down the aisle knows that Easter is about faith. Whether they are truly believing in, you know, the reasons of which Easter is founded. Right. Christ's resurrection. Right. You know, are, are you really a believer in what Easter is? You know, or, or or are you truly a witness? Yes. You know, and I think that's, you know, I think that's a really profound discussion. That's, I think that's the heart of it, really. And that's what Lent prepares us for, is to renew our witness of Christ's resurrection. I think it's, um, we've talked about this before, the, the fact that Mary Magdalene, the first witness of the resurrection, she goes back to the apostles and shares that witness with them. They have not seen for themselves, but they act upon her witness to be witnesses themselves. I think that's that's kind of a, uh, a paradigm for how we experience faith. Certainly, you and I, we both grew up in Christian homes, and our witness 
the witness of our parents was fundamental to our own believing. But at some point, we experience God, and God acts in our lives. We acted because of their witness. But then God enters through our uh, in response, or really, we're acting in response to God, ultimately. But God acts in our own lives, and then we can be witnesses of that. And that's really the heart of this show, right? I mean, that's why we're we're doing this, is to reflect on those moments and be witnesses of God's action in the world. Yeah. When you think about Mary Magdalene coming back to the disciples, and their response and their reaction to her witness of the the stone being rolled away from the tomb and the tomb being empty and then her experience you know there at the tomb you know with the angels with Jesus it depends which gospel right right you know but she has an amazing witness beyond just the fact that the stone is rolled away and the tomb is empty now she has to go back and tell the disciples you know, and their response is really one that's utter disbelief, yeah, shock. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, I mean, Luke describes it, chapter twenty-four, verse eleven. But they did not believe the woman because the words seemed to them like nonsense. Yeah. Nonsense. Yeah. You know, utter disbelief, nonsense. You know, and then Peter however, gets up and basically runs to the tomb. Right. He wants to check it out. You know, there's a just-in-case, right? I mean, this seems absurd, but man, what if it's true? And right. really, that's the heart of, I think that's the heart of every witness. I think people could say the same, really, about our experiences with God. They could look at that, and they might say, well, that's crazy. Like, you, well, you, I, you've heard voices, and you're like, this is crazy. But you know what? Like, there has to be a side of them, and especially if they know us and they know us to be honest people, there has to be a side of them that thinks, boy, but what if this is true? Like, this is life-changing, and I have to check it out for myself, you know? Yeah, I go back to episode one in our archives. (laughs) This is episode four, and we're talking about our archives. Let's just point out the humor there. But I go back to episode one, and we're talking about Moses in the burning bush, and Moses's walk back to the village. Right. You know, yes. Mary Magdalene has to be having a very similar experience to what Moses Moses experienced, just in terms of what is going through her mind at this point in time. Yeah, it's a great it's a great uh, text for reflection of boy, what what is their response going to be? But also an elation, I would think. Uh, that and fortunately she doesn't have days of walking, um, so she does have that advantage. But I I imagine that the elation of seeing the Lord risen after having your hopes dashed in the crucifixion would just almost overwhelm everything else. But there has to be a at least at some point a question of well are they going to believe me? Are they um, what's their response going to be? Well in. Speaking of believing and living as a true witness, as the apostles continue to live and continue to speak and spread the good news, 
they are really going to bat for Jesus Christ as a witness. I mean, they are, um, you know, they are fully convicted of sharing this message um, to the point of martyrdom. That's right. That's right. And that's really the, I mean, in some ways, obviously, would it be great if they didn't have to go through martyrdom? Absolutely. You would never hope that on anyone. However, here we are 2,000 years later, and their witness is all the more credible because of the fact that they said that they would rather die than uh, than deny what they saw with their own eyes. And, and the fact that all 12 of them were willing to... Okay, so at this point, Judas is replaced by Matthias in Acts 2. Uh, so the fact that all 12 now, again are willing to die, and all of them do die for that truth, except for John the Apostle. Uh, They were all willing to go as martyrs, as witnesses, and that's uh, really what the term martyr means, uh, as witnesses of this resurrection. Yeah, Jim, I want to read from 2 Peter 1.16. For we did not follow cleverly devised stories when we told you about the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ in power, but we were eyewitnesses of his majesty. Yeah. Eyewitnesses. Yeah. You know, we talk so often, or we see so often in our ordinary lives, in today's day and age, we live in a, you know, sort of believe it when I see it mentality, you know, a believe-it-when-I-see-it world, you know, like trying to think of an example, um, like aliens. Right. I mean, aliens might be out there. I I yet have not seen one. Right. Does that mean I don't believe in them? Well, I don't know, but it's a lot easier to believe in aliens when you see them. Now, I don't know why and how that (laughs) example is going to translate in the context of this podcast, but another funny one that just popped into my head is, let's take, for example, the Cubs winning the World Series. Yes. Like, I'll believe that when I see, oh, wait, that happened. Okay, I can believe that now. Right, right. But for 100 years. That seemed very... (laughs) Terribly unlikely. Very mythical. Yes, yes. Um, But imagine, you know, the witness of Christ. You know, imagine for so many people today, their approach is this, believe it when I see it. And I guess my fear is, if you're purchasing Easter candy, or you're purchasing gifts to fill an Easter basket, or you're dying eggs to just celebrate Easter as a holiday, versus celebrating Easter as the resurrection of Christ— this true awakening. You know, if you're going through the motions with the intent of celebrating a holiday versus the fact that, you know, you truly need to be living your life as a witness. Right. You know, and, and being confident, like the apostles were, to walk through their daily lives and be a true witness. It doesn't necessarily mean you have to go to the mountaintops and scream, you know, and evangelize. 
But at the end of the day, you have to live your life as a witness and committed to Christ. If you don't, Jim, and all you're doing is is believing, you know, you're basing, you know, you're basing your belief on head knowledge. Yes. Yeah. When you get to the gates of heaven, Christ so two things. Christ died and liberated us from sin. Right. Christ died and opened up the gates of heaven so that we may have an eternal life. If we get to those gates of heaven and Christ says, I understand that you believe who I am or you believed who I was when you were on earth living your life, but were you a true witness? Is that going to be good enough to just believe? And that is something that I really reflect on during this Easter holiday, during this Easter season, yes. you know, during the pause of the Lenten season, is in reflection, are our lives being lived merely of head knowledge versus an actual witness of Christ? Yeah. You know, it's interesting because we we do we are a society that does uh, at least purport to be that way, but in reality, we are uh, influenced by the witness of others. We do say we do accept as knowledge uh, things that others have uh, discovered or observed, and really anything in science, for example, that you learn, I had never seen with my own eyes like most of the planets, or they look like stars. You know, they don't look like, I couldn't distinguish, you know, Jupiter versus uh, Venus. Well, actually, I could tell Venus and Jupiter, but that's beside the point. You know, but I can't see like atoms, okay? I can't see electrons. I've never observed these things. I can't even uh, go through the mathematics to determine their reality or not. But I trust the people who have and I do believe, and I live in a way that is consistent with that belief. You see what I'm saying? And so I use electrical things because it is consistent with electrons existing. And I do, you know, pay attention to the sun and the stars. And, I, you know, I've we've talked about um, astronomy before. I, I love that. I love looking at the planets. I love observing. I've seen the moons of Jupiter. I've seen those things. I've seen the rings of Saturn. Now, because I believed that they existed based on the witness of others, and honestly, when we find something that is really meaningful in our lives or helpful in our lives, I've uh, shared this experience before. I've been at the store buying cleaning supplies and we're we don't actually get any advertising from them but i there are certain there are certain cleaning supplies that i have been at the store and i'm picking up and i've seen people pondering them and this really happened there was a lady standing there in the aisle looking at two different supplies and i tell her i've told her you know what this really works we have kids they've drawn on the walls with crayon it took it off we have, you know, you have the ring around the tub after the kids take a bath, it takes it off and it's not hard work. And this, this product really works. And you witness to that and you evangelize, so to speak, for something as mundane 
as cleaning supplies because it's made your life better. Well, how much more the love and the joy of Jesus Christ, who saves you from your sins and gives you new life in this world and in the next, should we be witnesses of that for everyone? I mean, really, it's an act of love for the people around us because if I were to just sit there and let her try and scrub you know, what with the crayon off of her walls using a product that doesn't work. Well, that's not love. You know what? Like that's kind of, it's not just that I'm trying to get these people more business. I think that this is actually helpful. That's why I, why I'm sharing it with her same way. And even more profoundly, if I let her go through her life in a manner that is actually going to lead to heartache and uh, discouragement and and leave her wallowing in sin, well, that's not love either. And and the way is to follow Christ and to follow the church that Christ established, to listen to the witness of, you know, to spend the time in prayer, li- listen to the witnesses of the saints and of those who have gone before us, and to spend our own time in prayer so that we can now be witnesses of his resurrection for those around us. I mean, that's what brings joy. That's what brings happiness. That's what we want. Absolutely, Jim. That is what brings true joy and happiness. Well, we hope that you've enjoyed this version of the Blazing Bush podcast. We certainly wish you and your family a very happy Easter season. Oh, yeah. Be sure and enjoy those peeps. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Blazing Bush podcast. Be sure and check out our website at blazingbush.com as well as follow and like Blazin' Bush on Instagram and Facebook. Until next time, God bless.